Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Card Overflow. I'm your host today, Gen Furukawa. And today we are talking with Danavir Saria, who runs High Drop Media, an email marketing agency for direct-to-consumer brands in the eight to nine figures. Danavir, how are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I mean, I connected because I, I see that you're always putting out great content specific to email, specific to direct-to-consumer brands and, and Clavio in, in particular. But we'd love to hear, you know, like, what you're doing with Supply Drop, what you're doing with Clavio, that is helping brands deliver, say, 25, 30% of online revenue via email. Right. So first of all, we are a full service e-commerce email marketing agency. And what that means is that we basically do your whole entire retention program, everything from the planning all the way to the creative, all the way to the Clavio management. We do, you hire us, we are your in-house team. You don't have to hire anyone else, essentially. Right. And so... In terms of like what we're actually doing, like in terms of the actual strategies, uh, our philosophy comes down essentially to three main things. Like one is having it's planning, like you know what we call calendaring, like when what should you be selling, when you should be selling it, that type of stuff. Two is high frequency. We, we believe a lot in just sending a bunch of emails. A lot of people do not like that, and we could talk more about that. But it's one of our main like th things that you got to send more emails. And number three, and this is something I don't think most email agencies talk about, which is objection-based creative. It's a type of how do you actually make emails that sell, right? And not, and uh, we'll talk about this too, but not emails that sound funny or that are, that are punny or that all that kind of stuff. I think all that stuff is trash. What really matters is what are you saying to your customer? What do they want to hear for them to buy? Yeah. Okay. I mean hot take for sure. And and you take a strong stance. That in itself is objection-based copy, I, I suppose. But yeah, let's talk about that because, you know, so I, I'm building a, working on a quiz platform. Part of the, the value proposition that we offer is that we're trying to help merchants understand what are the challenges? What are the goals? What are the preferences? What, who are you speaking to? And then like naturally, what are their objections, which would feed directly into how they are managing their Clavio segmentation, their their emails, their copy, and how they're addressing those objections. How do you marry the two between knowing what objections they have and, and creating a segment appropriately, and then the copy to address that, overcome that, and then help them convert? Right. So it's a little bit, there's slightly a bit of a difference between like a regular like welcome flow, for example, versus someone who comes through a quiz flow. But in terms of generally speaking, what First of all, if you ever like if you're selling a product, you're and you're you're thinking about what objections should you be answering, it's kind of pretty simple, especially with with most things. It's why would someone buy this product or why wouldn't they not buy this product? Or what are you don't even think about objections, you're thinking about what questions does someone have uh, about this particular product? And the way that I like to think of it is through the five levels of awareness. There's you know, people who are unaware, people who are problem aware, solution aware, product aware, and very aware. And once you have that, you can literally take someone from, you know, problem aware all the way to very aware, and you're answering all of their objections along the way. Like, do they have this particular problem? What do they know or what do they not know about your type of solution? You know, what do they want to know about your solution once they actually get there? You know, what's your price? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're talking about a flow where you actually control the the progression of the messaging down the funnel of awareness, as opposed to 
like a specific product, which might be more of like a one-off campaign? Yes, that's one way to think about it. You could definitely do like your welcome flow, just follow that that essential you know plan. We do that sort of, but yes, you don't want to do like one-off stuff when you're doing flows. Like if someone comes to your quiz flow or to your regular welcome flow, you don't want just one-off stuff. You want you want them to go through a story essentially. Like right. okay, from stage one to stage uh, stage you know stage A stage B, what do they want answered, and then you know answer it for them. Yeah. Are there particular frameworks that you use where you'd go like that would apply to those stages? Uh, yeah. I mean, like we go, we basically go through the same flow most of the time. So for example, for a, reg a regular welcome flow, we'll start just with focusing on uh, general brand introduction. Here's the coupon that you signed up for. Here's the USP and here's a bunch of our collections essentially. Then welcome, welcome email number two will go that one's all about the USP and the, and more specifically the sales argument about the USP. Un uh, unique then, selling proposition. Exactly. With some offers below that email number three is going to go into testimonials. Generally speaking, email number four is bestsellers and email number five is that that's when you're like, okay, your discount is running out soon. When it comes to quiz flows, you could be, a, you could be more direct because you have a higher, it's not really, it's not necessarily a higher intent. It's just like a different intent or like a more kind of almost depending on how the quiz flow is anyway, it could be more buyer intent. It could be more informational. It depends on how you go about it, but at least with quiz flows, you can be more straightforward. It's kind of like someone who like Google's, you know, you know, shampoo for men is going to be more direct than someone who says, should guys be, you know, shampooing every day, you know? Right. Yeah. And with the quiz flow in particular, the, the post quiz flow, you would get a product recommendation. So you can, you know, exactly. It's very similar to a cart abandonment flow where there is that specific product that they didn't purchase. So you're adding that product in there dynamically in Klaviyo. And then so you, you can kind of like also include this supporting text to address any objections or to sell the benefit. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good way to think about it. It's kind of like a, a combination between a, welcome, a regular welcome flow and a car abandonment flow because it's just so like it is the recommendation. They don't really need anything else. You can you can always like have like a footer or something that says, hey, people who bought this also bought that if you want. But generally speaking, you're going to sell that that particular offer. So while a regular welcome flow is not going to say a specific product, it's going to go into like these are our collections. These are our best sellers and stuff the quiz flow is going to be that particular recommendation throughout the entire sequence. Yeah. So I, I did read your piece. You had a pretty extensive piece on a T quiz and, and a T flow or a quiz flow, but that was more of like an info product, right? I'm actually not hundred percent sure. Well, or sorry, cup and leaf it was called. Oh, cup and leaf. Yes. No, that was, those were physical products. It was the, they sold, oh, uh, okay. yes, they sold, they sold those private label T leaves i guess and the quiz if i remember correctly also it, it was a while ago if i remember correctly the quiz was like what type of what are, what benefit are you looking for from from you know uh, from the tea energy and like two others i forgot health and, and something else and then people would pick one and answer a couple questions and then we'll recommend them a particular type of tea that would that would help them for that particular benefit yeah and yeah, I, I, if I remember from the piece, it was great for lead gen, right? You would capture a lot of emails from it. And I believe that there was a, a significant uh, revenue tied to that. But yeah, if, if you could jog your memory, I'd be curious to hear how you kind of like 
created this strategy around it, how you executed it, and then what the results of that were. Right. So yeah, it definitely performed better than the regular welcome flow. I didn't come up with the idea. It was actually the owner at the time who came up with the idea of, of you know, he just wanted to test it out. And I came into and, and installed it for him essentially. And in terms of like how we actually went about it, the first thing is first, like he, like he already knew what he wanted, which was the types of teas, like again, energy, health, sleep, that kind of stuff. And all I had to do was come in and say, okay, they have this particular want, what's the product that we should be offering them. And then, and then just basically pushing that product along with the brand at the same time throughout the flow, the hard, I mean, it's not hard. It was the, it, the hardest part, quote unquote, is just making sure that they gain the right product to the right person, you know? And once you do that, you kind of like, it kind of like, that's like 80% of like the whole flow is just making sure that happens. Once that happens, then the, then the messaging is pretty, is pretty simple. Just get this product. And then that's when you talk about, after that, that's when you talk about the brand and stuff, almost like in a regular welcome flow. Yeah. We do have a fair amount of food and food and beverage brands. And the benefit is, yeah, you you understand what their goals are. And then they don't necessarily know what that point B is, what that like ideal recommended product is. And that's the value that you provide. You simplify the buying process, remove some of the the decision making or or the thought process, and then just, hey, Dan Bear, this you want it, you want energy. This is a tea that's right for you. And you recommend it simplifying that. So yeah, I, I imagine or I, I I hope just kind of from the quiz builder perspective that it was incremental revenue for those that took the quiz than those that didn't. Yeah, I like I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure more than doubled the revenue. I'm not I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure like it was like it was like a no-brainer just like to keep it on there. Nice, nice. Okay, so now can we talk campaigns and frequency? So you're saying send more, people are are scared to send emails. I probably fall in that camp of being a little bit gun shy because in my mind, it has to be really good in order for me to hit send and, and to kind of like see, see somebody's uh, or like show up in their inbox. But there's, maybe I'm selling myself, myself short. What's an ideal cadence and where are you seeing that people normally feel comfortable in terms of frequency of sends? Yeah. So most of the time brands I'm seeing, they're like, they're sending maybe one or two emails a week. And that's like, I guess that would be general. So I would want to see for most things. And, and there's a difference between, by the way, CPG versus you know durable goods, like, like a gym bag or something, or like a mattress, right? But generally speaking, two to three emails a week plus resends of those emails. That to me, that's the baseline. And, and by resend, what I mean is that you're taking that same exact email you just sent, you're sending it again to people who are who who didn't open the first time. And so some people are getting the same email twice, essentially. And but those people are, are essentially getting emailed, you know, if you're doing it every single, for every single email, like you should be, they're getting emailed basically almost every day. And so I, I highly recommend you go that route. If you are, if you're setting a hard goods brand, durable goods, like a mattress or something, you can be in the lower end because you don't have that much else to say, right? Or it just, or those things are usually more expensive. So they need, they just need a, a, a longer window, purchasing window to actually make a, de a decision, right? So, but if you're CPG, especially if you're CPG, you need to go way more aggressive because most people are not, most people are not okay with sending three emails a week. And if a brand comes to me sending three emails a week already, I'm thinking, okay, what can we do to send five emails a week? And that's when you can go a little bit more targeted with segmentation and stuff like that. But yeah, you definitely need to be 
you need to be sending as many emails as you possibly can without screwing up your list. That's the way you yeah. need to be thinking about it. The issue is that everyone thinks that if you send more than two emails a week, that you're screwing up the list, which is just not true at all. I have no idea where that comes from, other than the fact that people are like, oh, if I don't like getting emails in my inbox, then my subscribers won't get like their emails. But that's that's a fallacy. That it's not that's not a that's not a, that's just you in your head, your own bias. Let the data tell you, hey, this is where this is where people start dropping off. Sure. And and so you're looking at unsubscribe rate as a proxy for all right, too many sends or bad segmentation. To be honest, not so much unsubscribe rate, only because people don't actually unsubscribe that often, right? Usually, because there's usually because people only think of it's emails, not just good email or bad email. There's also gray email, and gray emails like people who they just get the emails, but they don't, they never actually like they they open it kind of like they'll like they might they'll say you know when you when you just when you have a bunch of emails you're like okay you'll go, you highlight everything you just put read all or something like that those are people those are emails that people don't really pay attention to so there's so they won't actually unsubscribe so yeah you 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 want to send the good emails obviously you don't want to send the bad emails you can't do too much about the great emails but if you as long as you are sending out the, the emails that you think people want and you do the right segmentation at least when you go to super high frequency, you should be fine. Okay. I definitely see the value of email calendaring now. And this is, I think, the, the first point that you are making about what differentiates you. And yeah, when you're sending five emails a week, you really need to have your, be well organized in terms of what the category is, what the content is, and what the message in that email is. Can you describe maybe how how the system works, not not your system per se, but how a brand can think through sending 20 valuable emails in a given month across brand, product, product development, whatever they're talking about. Yeah. So what I mean by email calendar first and foremost is how how is someone going to go throughout the whole year or in, in terms of flow, their, you know, the, the, the buyer's journey, how are they going to go out through this specific period in time where they are interested in this particular category, how are you going to excite them to buy something new, essentially? And so the very first thing when it comes to email calendaring is what's like the big promotion you are having every month? The good news is that around six times per year or, or six months out of the year, you have a big holiday. It's going to be Valentine's Day is going to be big. Labor Day is going to be big. Halloween is going to be big. Black Friday, obviously that kind of stuff. But what do you do the other six months of the year? That's when you should be planning, you know, new product launches. Maybe you look for one of those, like not necessarily, they're not actual official holidays, but they are considered sales holidays, sort of kind of like back to school. That would be something big. Or maybe you just, you decide something that's very common. I think it's in July because July and sales normally go down for a lot of e-commerce brands. So what they do is like they do Christmas in July just mm. as a way to, to to do it. And that's why I think, I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but this is why I think Prime Amazon day. does their Prime yeah. Day on July. So you have to figure out, that's like, that's like the very high level stuff. Look at the, in your entire calendar for 2022, 2023, what's your big promotion from there? And then you start working backwards from that. Okay, now you're gonna, now you have these holidays, now you have the product launches. Okay, now you fill up the rest of the calendar. Okay, what does someone need to know about my product before they buy on those big holidays? Or what other things can I sell uh, that maybe on those big holidays or product launches that I'm not going to be selling as much? What type of other offers do I need to be testing? And so you work backwards 
from there. And then if you're talking about super high frequency, like you're sending five emails a week, now you're talking about, okay, what people should be getting five emails a week and what, e what people should be getting three emails a week. Like they're going to be, it's going to be a little bit different with the main thing in, is that it's based on engagement. Okay. So people who are getting five emails a week are already more engaged and people get three more emails a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and how do you benchmark that? Is that like an open rate over like 25%, 20% uh, percentage? I like going based on number of, of emails that they've opened recently. So for example, there's, I think you should definitely segment people who opened 15 emails from you in the past, you know, three months versus. Uh, okay. Who, yeah. 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 Cool. Now I, I'm curious to know a little bit more of the brands that you think are executing well, and maybe not a, a client of yours, but who, who is nailing their email game, SMS game and why? Yeah. So one thing is a little hard to know from the outside yeah. without looking in, because there's no way, you know, uh, you can't keep track of how many emails you're sending and all that kind of stuff. So in terms of just the bit, most I can, I can look at is in terms of creative. And honestly, one of my favorites in terms of creative is, is Bones Coffee. You've, you guys, you might have seen it. Like they have like a viral video ad going out now or like multiple of them on YouTube of just like people wearing skeleton stuff, selling coffee. They're doing extremely well. I love what they're doing. I also love Dr. Squatch as well. If you look at all those emails, they're, I guess Bones Coffee is a lot more creative with the way they go about it. But regardless of how they, of the like, you know, quote unquote creativity, what they're always doing is that they're always having a strong offer to the, to the list. And that's, I, that's what I think is what makes a good email, which is very different from what a lot of other people think is, is makes it a good email. A lot of people think that email should be very creative, should be about the brand, should be about all these kind of things. I don't think email should be like that at all. You still, you still do those things in terms of like positioning of how you want your brand to be perceived. But what makes a good email is that you're sending the good, you know, a strong offer with a strong angle to it. And then you give it to the people who, who you think are going to be receptive to that. For sure. And just to be clear, offer does not mean discount, right? Offer could be, I mean, could be a discount, could be free mug with coffee or, or yeah, three so, for two. Yeah. So there's different parts of, of an offer, right? The first part of an offer is the product. Obviously, you know, you sell coffee versus, you know, something else. It's so those are two different offers. Two is price. That's where the discount comes in, right? Uh, three is payment terms. So this is when you do, you know, buy this product for three payments of, of 30 bucks, right? Then there's premiums or bonuses. So that's when you do buy one, get one free, buy two, get one free. And then there's also going off the top of my head here, guarantees. So 30 day guarantee, that type of stuff. And you can manipulate any of any of those five uh, things so, so you can create different types of offers. Oh, that, yeah, that's really great. Where do you like to uh, monitor where these emails are? Do you just sign up for them or reallygoodemails.com? Yes. I mean, we use Mild just to keep, you know, when we're actually working on emails because it's a lot, it's easy to find them. But journeys, but we actually have our own Gmail account that just signs up to a bunch of different lists and we'll just go in there from time to time whenever we need an email. Yeah, 
Yeah, cool. I mean, I I do too. I I sign up and then I don't want it. So I do unsubscribe. But yeah, I I I like really good emails as basically like real really good emails.com and they have a good YouTube channel to kind of like breakdown and analysis. But Danavir, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your thoughts here. This is really interesting. I appreciate it. What would the best place to learn more about you, connect with you online be? Yeah, so the two best places one is on Twitter. Just go to like you know, just type in Dan Versaria on Twitter, I guess. And and if you want to hire my agency to help do your email marketing, just go to supplydropmedia.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan And that's the episode for today. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We love you for it. If you found anything valuable at all or want to share your feedback, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also just drop us a line, hello at cartoverflow.com. We'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions so we can cover it in a future episode. All right, see you next time.